1: This is the Retirement Ready Podcast with President and Founder Eric Peterson of Peterson Financial Group, Iowa's retirement specialists with an office in West Des Moines. It's time to make sure that you're retirement ready.
0: All right, my friend. So let's talk a little bit about Dave Ramsey. It's estimated that Dave reaches more than 17 million people each week with his radio show, podcast, YouTube videos, so on and so forth. He's got himself quite a little empire. So if somebody's listening to their show, there's probably a pretty good chance they've been exposed to Dave as well. So we're going to give you some of his core beliefs, Eric, and that he stated many times on the program. And just basically just want to hear your take on it. You agree, disagree. I uh, think it's a little bit more complicated sometimes than it goes into, you know, whatever the case might be. Because there's there's some differences, obviously, in what Dave is saying a lot of times, especially any, really any of these major talking heads. They're not necessarily carrying the same... Um, I guess, designations, I suppose. Okay, yes. <laughs> Might be a correct. good way of looking at that, mm-hmm. right? So right. let's talk a little bit about that. I'm just going to give you a couple things. Again, you just tell me what you think and, and what you see in your many years of doing retirement planning because uh, you have, obviously, a, a little bit different you know, skill set, or I suppose, if you want to look at it that way. So credit cards. Debt's his big thing, right? You should never use credit cards, cut them out, throw them away. Just never, 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 never.
2: Right, and take it with a grain of salt because you have to remember that, that who he is really preaching to are people, in my opinion that are starting out, that have really no background or um, foundation of any type of uh, retirement savings or money management at all.
0: Young families, I think, is one of his big demographics, yeah.
2: Right. And he does teach Financial Peace University, which is taught at a lot of um, churches and things like that, which Mm -hmm. is a great outreach program. So, you know, the thing I think a lot of people end up assuming is that everyone is just like them. OK, the people that we attract, the people that come into our offices are already great savers. They already know what to do. They know not to spend everything that they make. They know not to, you know, to use credit cards wisely and pay them off each month and right. not rack up and carry large balances because the types of interest rates, that kind of stuff. So, but they say, well, Dave Ramsey says like, well, he's not talking to you. He's talking to somebody that wants to be you. Right. OK. Oh, that's a good point. So,
0: that's a good way looking at that. Yeah
2: yeah so the thing about using credit cards is yeah a credit card is a it's a tool okay like any tool a hammer a screwdriver you know they can do it they can do what they're supposed to do if you use them correctly but you can get right. yourself
0: in the head hand with a hammer it's going to hurt like, <laughs> incorrectly right? yes they can wield damage right yeah or you can stab
2: yourself in the eye with a screwdriver so use incorrectly. and so what he's talking about is if you're carrying balances on those credit cards yes don't use them pay cash for everything But if you're able enough to where you use a credit card because you want to, one, touchless now, right? That's a big thing about not having to transact with cash. Mm -hmm. But maybe you're acquiring miles or uh, there's some other benefit, reward benefit. I have a friend of mine that uh, uses Cabela's for everything because he uses the Cabela's rewards. He's he's a big hunter, so he buys ammo with all of his reward points, which is kind of cool. So the thing is, if you're using them wisely, using them smartly. Okay, so that I I kind of disagree with him because most of the people that we work with have their financial house kind of in order, but if you don't have financial house in order yet, then listen to him. So remember that, that who he's preaching to are people that don't really, haven't saved much or... Are trying to get in a better financial position, those that are in a good financial position, some of what he's saying is not really applicable.
0: Yeah, and knowing yourself is half the battle when it comes to credit cards, too. If you know they're dangerous for you, then be smart, you know. And that's the challenge, like with anything in life, you know, something that you know you can indulge too much in. Be careful when it comes to that. And you got to remember for some of these types of shows as well. Generalities, you know, some universal truths. You know, you're talking to a very wide audience. We do the same thing, but the difference, I think, a little bit sometimes, is that we're offering the chance for you to come in and sit down and talk specifically about your unique situation and go through that with, you know, Eric, you and the team. So the thing, there's a little bit different sometimes. So we still talk about generalities, but we also, you know, remind folks, hey, if you want to learn more or see how it's going to affect you specifically, that's why you come in, and that's not what you get sometimes with these larger shows. Sometimes there's good nuggets in there, but sometimes you got to keep it with a grain of salt. Uh, okay, whole life insurance is a ripoff. You should have term insurance or be at the point where you need no life insurance at all. That's another kind of uh, uh, tenement, I suppose, of his uh, his talkings.
2: Yeah, he's not big on, on whole life insurance just because he thinks that you should do term and invest the difference. He's always, you know, pay the least amount for everything and then everything else, you know, sock away in investments. Right. And when you're first starting out, term insurance is something that you need. But you kind of – you don't want to just castigate one type of tool – just because you don't personally like it, because it may make sense for some people. Now, whole life insurance is a, an accumulation type of a product. It can build cash value in it, which can give you some options later on down the road, it does accumulate on a tax-deferred basis, and pulled out, right? It could be tax-free. So people that are at the you know higher spectrums of income, that are running out of places to accumulate wealth on a tax-favored basis, like they're maxing out their qualified plans, maxing out IRAs, you know, this is another avenue they can use. So again, it's for most people that he's he's talking to, they don't have a whole lot of money. So instead of putting a lot of money in the expensive insurance, buy the cheaper one, which is going to help the family, which I agree with, but just don't castigate a type of a plan just because you don't don't like it because for some people it works really well. I have both. I have a lot of term insurance, but I also have some cash value insurances that I'm building up some cash in there that I could use potentially down the road tax-free. And if I don't need it, guess what? Nice benefit goes to my family tax-free. So you look at it from a tax arbitrage it's still a pretty decent uh, type of a, a product to use
0: okay and you mentioned the investment side of it so let's talk about that he's really got the four types he talks about quite often that you should invest in that's mutual funds growth aggressive growth growth and income and international Yeah,
2: Um, and he and he talks about those. You know, just go and get a mutual fund, and you know, buy a no-load fund and put it in there. By the way, something to remember too: he's not a licensed in the security world, right? Okay, yeah, I mentioned that a little earlier. Yeah, he's a financial commentator, right? So this is this is not financial advice at all. You you say, yeah, go growth, 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 growth. Well, that's fine if you're talking to a 20-year-old or even maybe a 30-year-old, 40 maybe, you right. start looking at around. But 50 or getting close to retirement, that's, I think, bad advice. Because if you're all growth-oriented and the market totally goes off the rails like it has a couple of times, right? We did 2008, 2009. We just did it a month just not too long ago, you know, a year ago. Mm-hmm. And that could really stall your retirement. It could really put your you know retirement on hold or cause some... You know, big damage to your plan. So that's why you need to have a plan about why you're using growth-oriented investments, where are you going to get your income from, where's the safety going to come from. Imagine going to retirement, everything is in growth mutual funds, and now you want to retire and start taking money out. That's a recipe for probably running out of money sooner than you thought. So would not recommend that at all to everybody. But the blanket advice, again, for people that are just trying to accumulate you know works for them but for people approaching retirement that are you know over 50 they need to have a better plan than that
0: yeah you know and there's this one always can just gives me the giggles i don't know why but the the mutual fund thing where he talks about it's easy to find one with like a 12 percent return annual return yeah that's just uh, average, average for a long yeah. period of time yeah um <laughs> The easy the easy part is what cracks me up. I guess yeah. Just go you
2: know, now. Most mutual funds, probably about uh, eighty nine to ninety three percent of most mutual funds, can't beat the overall S and P five hundred. And the S P five hundred's long term returns, I think, in the eight range. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. I think this is fictitious. And if you put twelve percent into any kind of a spreadsheet, this is where Excel, the Microsoft product that you can use, gets people into trouble. Because if you assume twelve percent, I don't care what illustration you're running, it's going to look good, because twelve percent is great, and that means your money's going to double in six years at a twelve percent return. Rule seventy-two: you take twelve divided by seventy-two gives you six years. That's how long it takes for your money to double. If your money's doubling every six years, you know one becomes two, two becomes four, four becomes eight. That's eighteen years. That pr- makes a plan look really, really good, right? Right. So you got to take that with a grain of salt. There's nothing talking about distributions out of there, the taxes, implications of that mutual fund if it's in a taxable account versus tax deferred. All these kinds of things need to go into a full plan. So it's not just this return assumption that he always brags about. But you know, going into a, maybe a no-load fund or you know, even an exchange-traded fund, which is even cheaper, and you're in growth mode. Growth mode is easy, right? I'm just putting money in. I'm just trying to grow it. When you get right, to a certain yeah. point, you need to start looking at diversification into different types of things so that you can build the income stream that you're going to need in retirement as opposed to just everything in the market.
0: Well, and hypotheticals are – a lot much easier to talk about and that's why it's important to sit down with someone like yourself eric and really run the numbers so you can start to get the actual black and white some hard data uh and because you can hypothetical all day long so hey, it's much easier to do to actually get the real numbers and know what you're working with so let's do the one final one here Eric, before we take a break and that's his big you know piece about the home and of course once you get all the other debt paid off well then you should turn your focus on the home as quickly as possible this one seems like pretty good universal advice like overall
2: if you could be debt free it's it's better if you can be debt free sure, right because right. when you have debt that means that you're paying money to somebody else that you could keep or even reinvest so if you have your debt paid off and you your house paid off and that money you would be committing towards those things you can commit towards your side of the balance sheet which is always great advice okay but what I don't like is when people come to me and say hey I'm getting ready to retire and I have let's say you know $100,000 left on the mortgage I want to take $100,000 out of my IRA and pay off the mortgage so I'm debt free. Mm -hmm. Well that gets into some issues because there are tax ramifications on getting that money out you got to take out more if you want to net the $100,000 and then you know what if your plans change in retirement a lot of times you're not going to stay in that same house the whole time and usually your mortgage is something that's fixed you have in a fixed rate mortgage it's set so it's going to seem even cheaper down the road it just and if you can handle it from an income standpoint it might not be the best use of your money to pull it out put into house because the only way you get it back out of the house is to sell that house or borrow against it so just going through a plan see if it works in your plan this is the discussions that we have with people when they come in for this retirement readiness review you know we'll look at both ways hey if you paid it off or if you didn't pay it
1: off